0: There are some things that, if you uh, see them all the time, every day, or if it just becomes routine for you, it seems like uh, it's just not that big a deal anymore. It's like um, it's like being a, a Rough Riders fan and having them go to the Grey Cup every year. Um, there are there are funny Oh. Boy, to have that 13th man there really does affect things. Um, it is not that way, however, with having Jay Don come back every year. Every year, Jay Don comes here at about this time. He and Mary Lee come back from the Ukraine, and they have a chance to present to us their work. And we're always grateful uh, when they do. It's always a wonderful presentation. It's always moving. It's always uh, awe-inspiring. It's always wonderful to see God work. And so we're so grateful uh, that he has a chance to be here this morning. Now, that's a little bit different also than if you notice, uh, every year we put an announcement on the front of the bulletin that says something about the Christmas Eve service. And it just becomes routine and you don't look at it very carefully. And so this year you look at it and it says December 24th, 2009 at 530 p.m. It's not 2009. And it's amazing how many staff members can look at that and and proof this and just ignore it because you've seen it so many times. This morning, you will see slides that, that uh, will touch your hearts concerning the work in Ukraine. And it's just wonderful that, that Jay Don, in coming here, presents what he does, and that it really does move us and changes us every time that it's presented. Uh, I've known uh, my brother Jay Don Rogers and his wife Mary Lee for a long time now, and it's just a blessing again uh, to have them here. So, Jay Don, there you are. Please come and present to us, brother.
1: 10 years since we've uh, gone to Ukraine. Time just goes by so very, very swiftly. Uh, I also just want to say at the very beginning how much we appreciate and we love this congregation for your love for us, for your involvement with us, for your prayers for us, for everything that you, that you have shared and given to us through all of these years. I think I came actually to Calgary for the first time when I was making trips back to Russia and then started going to Ukraine. And I remember that time that we came here, the very first time before we were to head out to Ukraine, uh, we uh, headed out that uh, next day and ended up in uh, one of your little towns not too far from here, snowed in for about three days. And uh, we said, thank you, Lord, for doing that to us. Uh, we have been going very, very hard, very difficult time, lots of preparation, getting ready to go to ukraine and God just knew, knew that we needed some rest, so He blessed us with Calgary and he blessed us with this area to have a few days of rest and uh, it 's just been a blessing ever since i I always come back every year, I'm enthused, because we've had such a great year, and I feel like, wow, people are probably saying, well, he's just always enthused, it's, it's not that he had that great a year, but it really has been, it's been a marvelous, marvelous year. Mary Lee's nodding her head, because she feels exactly the same way. What a privilege to be a part of a field that for so long has been the field that has been white unto harvest. And uh, I I thought about that idea and that concept a number of times and wondered, well, what is it that causes a field to be white and to harvest? And, of course, there are some obvious answers. Obvious answers would be that there's been lots of planting that's going on. Other would be that there's been lots of watering that's going on. But I think in one of the statements that Jesus makes, he makes it very obvious that there was something else going on that was extremely important. And he said this in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 36. Jesus went throughout all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I think any time we go into a society where people have been harassed, when people have feel helpless in their lives, when they're looking to the wrong things for life, the field becomes whiter and whiter and whiter. We know that even in our own society that people who are in very poor, poor situations, many times people who are in very difficult situations, are the ones that are easiest to reach. Because they're looking for something that's going to come into their lives that will make a difference. Uh, This last year we were in Israel and I took this picture in Israel. And I saw this picture and I thought, wow, what a beautiful picture of sheep out in the pasture. And then after I took the picture, I looked at it again and I thought, where's the shepherd? I don't see the shepherd. Now he may have been somewhere around, but we didn't actually see the shepherd there. And uh, I thought, that's the way a lot of people are. They're like sheep without a shepherd. Now, where we really want them to be is to be like this. With Jesus, who is the good shepherd. Who's making a difference in their lives. Who, now they begin to understand life. They begin to make something of their lives because they know who their shepherd is. And when we get to Ukraine... That's one of the things we're constantly trying to do, help people to see the shepherd. I want to show you a, a little video clip. It's about six minutes long. And it was a, one that one of our staff members, one of our teachers came up with. It was an old 1961 Soviet propaganda film against Christianity. To them, they were saying the real secret of life, the way to really be happy in life is through The Soviet system and the people that are really the evil people in this world are those religious folks, those Christians. They're the ones that are evil. And one of the things I want you to notice as you see this little film is to notice the people as the Christian is trying to describe his relationship to Jesus Christ, how they then are laughing at him. And it's not done in a courtroom. It's done in one of their big old halls there. With lo- they bring in lots of people. And it's, it was just Soviet propaganda. But I, I thought this was interesting. I'd never seen anything like this. So I thought you might be interested in seeing
2: it as well. This is a Soviet propaganda film that was produced in about 1961. It was done for the purpose of showing
1: how Kennedy presses and push people down. So the people who follow
3: And on a people of Carolata came to me. The court case against the leaders of the sect lasted for six days. Here they are, the spiritual fathers of the brothers and sisters in Christ, the elder Nikolai Ligoro, the preachers Nikolai Unarlow, and Joseph Kostikov. The Chief Judge of the Regional Court of Motion calls for the suspect Work. In 1945, by God's great mercy, He revealed Himself to me as a Creator and the Savior. And through the sacrifice on the cross of Jesus Christ, through His blood shed on the cross, my sins were forgiven and I felt love with God and gave myself to Him for ministry. I'm studying the Holy Scriptures, praying to God, getting to know the Holy Spirit. Through all of that, God was revealing Himself to me and gave me His Holy Spirit so that I could preserve my faith in Him, do my walk of salvation, and live righteously in this world. And here's where the steps lead us to. To the United States of America. That's where the sect was established, and this literature is published there too. It's impossible to believe that these girls, despite years of have
2: destroyed, just recently have been.
3: In you, the victims of the ignorant creatures. The years of you is the best time
2: in life.
3: What happens when you want to dream, to rejoice, to dedicate yourself to other people, to work, and to the future? But you have forgotten what it's like to rejoice. To see the sun, you will see. Look around. Look how beautiful the world is. It's been proven that the suspects, Igor, Murambo, and Kartikov, are guilty in organization and leadership of the sect, in preaching the religious teaching that promotes social intolerance and undermines the health of citizens. On behalf of the people, the deceivers are Messiah. But their victims live
2: in our house. And we ought to help them to get out of the
1: darkness. May life triumph. I had never seen anything like that. I thought that was fascinating to see. And to see them talk about Christianity as being the darkness. And yet when we talk about it, we talk about Christianity as being the light, as following Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And this was their propaganda constantly, evidently among those Soviet people. And uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 through 38, tells us that when then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. One of the reasons why the harvest field was so beautiful and so ready was because so many people were harassed and without a shepherd. I believe that's also true of what happened in the Soviet Union. Once it collapsed, the people there had been harassed. They had been like sheep without a shepherd. They had been told so many things by the Soviet Union that did not come true that now then they were ready to really look at something else in life. And so that's one of the reasons why I think the, the, the church has grown so much in Ukraine as well as in Russia. At the Ukrainian Bible Institute, we're constantly trying to teach our students about the shepherd. Help them find this good shepherd who can lead their lives in a very, very special, special way. And this is just a group of our, our, our younger students at the school. or Well, I say younger students, our lower level students at the school. And, uh, we have some marvelous, marvelous students. This is only about half of the students right, right here. I had another picture that had the other half in it, and you'll see it in just a moment. But I wanted to just show you that some marvelous things have been happening in, in Ukraine. The graduates and the students that are working are working now in over 72 locations in Ukraine and in Russia. And the, you can see the little flashes of light of different places where this work is going on. And it's marvelous to see it spreading through Ukraine into different parts and even over into western Ukraine now. And it's exciting to see the growth that's happened in the church. And again, I believe that's largely because people finally are realizing we need a shepherd. They, we need somebody that we can really follow that is worthwhile. One of the things that's happened this year at at UBI has been the fact that we've had uh, six students from Russia. The school in Barnul has been closed at least temporarily. And uh, as they closed that school, they sent six of the students from there down to UBI. At first, we were a little skeptical. We weren't sure, is this going to really work or not? How are they going to accept UBI and Ukraine? How are the Ukrainians going to accept the Russians and everything? No problems. It worked out great. In fact, I think it overall has matured the whole school because they've all been trying to work together to make sure they're all comfortable and encouraging to one another. So it's worked out well. One of the neat things, and I, I, I love this picture because you see this young lady, she's, her name is Marina. And Marina is an orphan. And Marina uh, has gone through the school. She's finished the school. She's a graduate now. She had to come back and take one class this year. And <coughs> this is one of the young men from Russia. His name is Dennis. Well, Dennis has asked Marina to marry him. And we just think it's marvelous that Marina is now going to have family. She's going to have someone. I mean, there's a lot of Christians that have been taking care of her and loving her and helping her. But now it's going to be a special family that she has with this wonderful brother in Christ. In these economic times, we're convinced constantly that it's so valuable to use God's resources in the most effective possible way. And I've got a little chart here that helps you to understand and realize how effective it is to use the Ukrainian Bible Institute as a source or resource to help train people. If you were to take one family, and this particular setup was done regarding a a family that was brought from Cairo, Egypt, to Lubbock, Texas, to Sunset. You can see the cost that's involved in all of this. Airfare to Lubbock is $5,800. Setting up a house in Lubbock was about $3,500 to get it all ready for these folks. Their monthly support while at sunset in Lubbock was $96,000. To send them back to Cairo is about $6,000. And so the total cost to train this one family, bringing them to the United States, is $111,300. Now, you take that same kind of look at what's happening with, uh, with Ukraine. To train one family at UBI, and let's say we're bringing them from Russia, transportation to Donetsk is going to cost about $200. Setting up house so that they can live in Donetsk, about $300. Support, while they're at UBI, $9,600. These are both comparisons that are based on about a 30-month period. Then return to the mission point in Russia, about $200. And so you've got a total to train one family at UBI of $10,300. That's efficient use of God's resources. In fact, in this particular chart, you see kind of a comparison to train one international student in the United States or to train 10 Ukrainian preachers or Russian preachers in their culture and economy. And that's one of the reasons why Mary Lee and I have always been so excited about this idea and doing it this way. We believe it's a very efficient use of, of the training that, that needs to be done and can be done. I want to share with you some of the stories of some of the students this time. We've done several different things in our our presentations to you, but I just wanted to share with you some about some of these students. Uh, Here's a couple of students from Ukraine. The young lady's name is Elena. And Elena has uh, written a a little letter, and she was writing it out to people that support her. And I thought it would be kind of interesting for you to hear some of the things that she's said in this letter. She says, I'm 24 years old. I came from Dniepergerzinsk. Is that I'm very glad to be studying at UBI. I have come, first of all, to get knowledge and continue serving God. In the future, I want to teach children's classes and women's classes, but most of all, I also enjoy singing, and I'm getting to sing a lot here at UBI. I came to Christ four years ago. I was not raised in a Christian family. The first one in our family to start going to church was my mom. At that time, I was 12, but she would take me to church along with her. But many times I would not go because I often opposed it. My mother does not live with my father. They divorced. When I was six is when they got their divorce. Dad abused alcohol and offended mom. I bet it really did offend mom. <laughs> and... Uh, She says, at that time, I realized that there was something wrong in my life because for a period in my life, she said, I was angry with the whole world. I hated all people. I had no goal in my life. I had no idea about what I was going to do further. My life made no sense to me. And because I realized that there was something wrong in my life, she said, I started praying to God that he would change my heart and fill it with love. She was studying at the university, and as she was studying at the university, there was one of the, the young men who had, who had been trained and came and, and, and was preaching and teaching in that area. His name was Edik, and she said, I started, I kept looking forward to Edik coming over to teach us, and with great interest, I listened to the word of God. She said, my heart melted, and I was filled with joy and love. I believed in the living God who could do everything. That is how I accepted God. She said, I am thankful to you for your support, for the opportunity that you give us in Ukraine to study the word of God deeper and to follow the true teaching and to share it with other people. Thank you for your love and care. Be blessed with love. Your sister in Christ, Yelena. And there is just story after story after story like this among our students. The other young man that's mentioned here is Sergei. Sergei was a young man who, in his earlier age, grew up in a very wealthy family in Ukraine. But as he got into his teenage years, he decided that was not the life for him, and he left his home and his mother and father. He got into drugs. He got into alcohol. He thought, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to really enjoy life. But, of course, as he began to enjoy life that way, it began to go down and down and down and down until finally he found himself without his family, without his friends, alone in horrible, horrible circumstances. And one of our graduates found him on the streets and began to teach him about Jesus Christ. And as he taught him about Jesus Christ, he persuaded him to come to a rehab center. And so Sergei came to the rehab center. About a year or so ago, Actually, when Bruno and Laurie were over there, we went to visit the rehab center, and we went to church there, and I took this picture. At that particular time, I really did not know Sergei, but I later was looking back at the pictures, and I thought, wow, Sergei was in that picture, but I didn't know him at that time. Anyway, Sergei came to the school. He's done marvelous. He's, he's become a very, very good, good student of the Word. Uh, and he goes back every weekend back to the rehab center and tries to work with the other guys there, teaching them that Jesus Christ can make a difference in their life. They need to have the good shepherd in their life. He said, I found the good shepherd and they need the good shepherd as well. It's marvelous that as we see these stories, we're constantly seeing people who were harassed and helpless without a shepherd. But now, then, they have Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, in their lives. One of the things that we've got to be out doing, brothers and sisters, is helping people find that there is a Good Shepherd that could be in their life that can make a big difference. Bring people to the Good Shepherd. Bring people to the Good Shepherd. Slavic, of course, is one of the ones that's involved and has kind of started that rehab center. When he first started the rehab center, and I think we've mentioned this last year, as he, as he asked to have this, his grandmother and grandfather's old house to start this in, they had been dead for about eight years, and it was in terrible condition. His mother and father weren't really very keen on it, but they thought, oh, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll let you have it. And so he took it, and then they began to clean it up. He began to get guys there and make a difference in their lives. Well, this last year, Slavic baptized his mother into Christ. She's now a Christian, still working on his father. But it's beautiful to see that when people see other people's lives changing, coming to the Good Shepherd, that it influences them as well. There's been over 40 converted to Christ in the last two years at this rehab center one of our graduates, bringing people to the Good Shepherd. So it's marvelous to see that. We're constantly, of course, having beautiful things happen with our, our, our ladies at, at the school. They're invaluable in the kingdom of God. I want to share you the story of one of these, young, uh, these women. Her, her name is Lena. Lena is one of our graduates that graduated, I think, in uh, 2001. And She has just been a marvelous person who's been very involved in in the the work of the church and the kingdom in correspondence, coursework, answering questions (coughs) for people who have written in to to ask questions about the Bible. But she also has been very involved in going to some of the orphanages and, and teaching in the orphanages. She especially works with teenagers that are in the orphanages there. Here she is teaching to some of the teens in orphanage number one in Donetsk. And it's just marvelous to see a whole group of teenagers in there learning about Christ in their orphanage school. And we've said this before. Wouldn't it be marvelous if we could do this here in our schools? <laughs> So I just wanted you to see this little bitty video of of her teaching. And this is what it's all about. It's it's about helping the orphanages. It's about helping the children's hospitals. But it's also about trying to find ways of going in and teaching and, and working in them. One of our instructors at UBI takes a group of the students every Thursday. And they go to the orphanages and they do some teaching there. And it's just constantly this same thing going along, trying to help people see that there is a good shepherd. There is somebody that can change their lives, that they can make their lives anew. Thus far now, we've had 139 graduates as of 2010. This was our theme for graduation this year, redeemed by the blood. And uh, we're constantly appreciative of some of the ones that have graduated or that are graduating and the good work that they, they're doing. I've shown this guy's picture before. His name is Bogdan Yasinski, and Bogdan is a a, a marvelous guy. But I wanted to tell you just a little bit about his story, because most of you haven't heard his story before. When Bogdan was five years old, he had a little brother that was about three years old at the time. His mother and father got into alcoholism and into drugs, and they would go on binges. Sometimes they would be gone for three or four days, and these two little boys would be locked in their eight Floor apartment for days without much food. Bogdan said there were many times he would go to the refrigerator and try to find something to eat, and there just wasn't much there. He was too small to reach up and open the door to their apartment uh, and and let anybody in, and it was locked. And even the grandmother didn't have a key to open the door and unlock the door. Sometimes she would stand down on the ground, eight floors below, and she would weep. And she would cry up to them, are you boys okay? I wish I could help you, but I, I just can't help you. I can't get in. Later in life, as he grew up a little bit more, Bogdan finally got to a point where he could reach up and he could open that latch. But his mother and dad would still be gone for days on binges of, of drinking and, and, and drugs. And, and here was this one little guy trying to take care of his little brother said, sometimes somebody would come and knock on the door. And he said, one time I opened the door uh, for him, and it was a policeman. And he said, the policeman came in, and he didn't take us away from our parents, but he, he he said to us, do you guys have anything to eat? And the little boy said no. And the policeman gave Bogdan some money and let Bogdan go to the store and get some food for them. Bogdan said, for years, I wanted to be a policeman. I thought policemen were really neat. Because they helped us at that particular time in life. Well, later, of course, Bogdan's father became a Christian. And he actually ended up coming through the school, through UBI. After he had finished most of his studies at UBI, lacked about three months, he came into my office one day and he said, J. Don, would it be all right if I bring Bogdan to the school and let him go through the school as well, or at least hear what you're saying? Because he said, he's not yet a Christian. But I think if he heard what you're saying, he would become a Christian. Sure enough, about two months later, Bogdan became a Christian. Bogdan has now gone through the school, has graduated. He's working at the Bajanowski congregation there, and he's reaching out especially to young people. We call him kind of our youth minister there. And he's working with a lot of, uh, uh, of, of guys that are orphans and helping them and he loves Maryly and I. He calls us mom and dad, and uh, we just have a really special relationship with him. But he's a real lovable kind of guy. Here he is uh, baptizing another young man who is an orphan into Christ. His name was Nazar. Nazar is another lovely young man. Hopefully, one day he'll come through the school too. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing when you see the changes in people's lives, and you pe- see a, a little five-year-old boy who has like. Sheep without shepherd. His parents are not even shepherding them the way they should be shepherding him. But now then he comes to Christ and he finds the good shepherd. And his whole life changes. He said to us, he said, I never ever dreamed that I would be doing what I'm doing today. But Jesus Christ has changed my life. We again went down to the seminar in Crimea, Mary Lee, uh hurt herself down there, and so uh, she's been struggling to try to get her legs back in shape and having some struggle with that, but anyway, keep praying for her. Uh, She's doing much, much better, but we... Again, we're sharing with people, many who were not Christians, about Jesus Christ and him and how they needed to give their lives to Jesus Christ. And to others, how they needed to be going out and planting the seed, introducing people to the Good Shepherd, making a difference in people's lives so that their lives could be changed. There were 14 more that were baptized into Christ this year in uh, in the Black Sea. And it's just this type of thing that is so joyous to see as people make differences in their lives. Here's the story of another young man. His name was Sergei Budogovsky. Sergei uh, was a a guy who also had gotten into drugs and alcohol. His life was just uh, miserable. He again got in touch with Slavic, and Slavic persuaded him to come to the rehab center. He ended up being baptized into Christ, and later Slavic said, this guy needs to come to the school. When Sergey first came to the school, he was very hard, very legalistic, very uh, it's going to be done my way kind of guy. And gradually, over this two-year period, it's just been beautiful to see the countenance on his face change. His heart change as he really gets to know the Good Shepherd. As it's no longer his life in relationship to the world, but it's his life in relationship to Jesus Christ, in relationship to the Good Shepherd. About uh, the week before we left, Sergey spoke in chapel one morning. It was his last chapel to speak in before he graduates. And he got up there, and I have listened to Sergei speak several times, but I never have heard him speak like he spoke that day. This guy was now talking about the love of Christ, the importance of us loving one another, winning one another, reaching one another, helping one another. It was just an amazing thing. I just sat there almost with my mouth open, looking around at Mary Lee and others and saying, listen to what this guy is saying. Two years ago, he would not have been saying this. This is not where he was two two years ago. But now he's there. And believe me, it, it is so fabulous to see these kind of life changes happening Within people, the guy who's kneeling here, his name is Ramon Sheka. He's uh, a man who was who who was converted in prison. He was converted by another guy who's actually in our school now, and they both had been in prison, but uh, one taught the other one. Roman came to me the other day and he says, I, or I say the other day, about two months ago, he said, I want to go back to the prison in, near Kiev and I want to teach there some more of the prisoners and I don't have the money to go up there because my support doesn't quite give me that much money. I said, how much do you need? He said, I need 300 grivna to, for the train ride back and forth. And I said, here's your 300 hryvnia. Go up there and preach and help. And so he did. He brought these uh, the pictures back with him uh, of some of the pl- people that he had the pr- privilege of trying to teach while he was there. Eight prisoners have come to Christ in two months, and more are studying. And our guys just keep on going out and reaching out more and more people. That's the beautiful thing that I have uh, enjoyed so much, Mary Lee and I both that we go in and we teach these students, and of course they are far, far more effective among their people than we are. But they go out and they can reach many more than what we can reach, and that's the beauty of it. And we just rejoice as they go and as they're helping these people come to know Jesus Christ. This year we also celebrated our 10-year celebration, and it was a 10-year celebration of the Ukrainian Bible Institute actually being registered with the Ukrainian government. Now, it had been going on for two or three years previous to that, but we celebrated this 10 years. One of the things that we did at the celebration, we had different ones of our graduates come back and speak and share what UBI has meant to them and how their lives has changed as a result of UBI. And it was a joy to see them. Mary Lee used, of course, the sunflower, which is a, a very good symbol of Ukraine and, and made things look really pretty. We fed uh, the people that came. We had about 150 people that came to that celebration and enjoyed that special celebration. We also had different ones that represent the orphanages and the uh, hospitals come and we gave them about five minutes to share what it had meant to them for UBI and for the Rogers and others to be involved with their locations. Uh, This was uh, the lady from the uh, Dukachayev TB Sanatorium. We've gone there many times and and seen their children and and helped them with many things as a result of the things that you have given. And, And it's beautiful to see what's happened there. This is Alexander. He's with the Disabled Coal Miners Association. And we've helped them with medicine and other things that are needed by these disabled coal miners. Coal mining is very big in Donetsk. This is the lady from the House of Children, which is an orphanage that houses about 200 small children. And uh, she was so thankful for the, the, the good that had been done and what had been given to them as a result of the gifts from Canada and from America. Uh, these were all children. They were all sitting on their little potties. As we came to the door, they wanted to see these foreigners, so they all started scooting their little potties toward the door. Uh, <laughs> We, uh, we thought it was quite, kind of funny and kind of cute, but you know, it's just beautiful to see these little children as they do that. Uh, this is a woman by the name of Ludmilla who's from the Children's Hospital Number 1, where we've shown at different times uh, abandoned babies that have been there, and they're still having this problem and still having children that are abandoned that they're getting them into orphanages and stuff. And all of these we have been able to help in one way or another, and it's been a beautiful thing to be able to help. This is the woman from the Children's Tuberculosis Hospital. This is one where we've helped in a number of different ways, but one of the ways was with playground equipment. And uh, that's somebody that I recognize there, Bruno, uh, up nailing or getting, putting up a, a sign that says these were donated by the churches of Christ. And uh, so that people know where these, uh, these things had come from. This is one of the ladies from the Children's Cardiac Hospital, and uh, we've helped them in numerous ways, and she was expressing her thanks. This is, of course, Dr. Natalia that has become a Christian that is, that's, uh, ma- that's making a difference at that hospital. And this, of course, is Victor, who's with the McKeith AIDS Orphanage, and we've been there many, many times to help with those precious children as well. And a lot of the funding that you have been giving here at Calgary has been going to these different different places to help uh, these precious, precious children. And we're so thankful for what has been able to be given to help the, in, the, in these areas. Then a few days after the celebration, usually probably about two weeks later, this man by the name of Misha Fedden came into my office. Misha works down in one of the villages away from Donetsk. Uh, he, he doesn't have a car or anything. He has a bicycle that he gets around in the in the area with. Uh, it's completely gone and so uh, just falling apart. So we left $100 while we were there before we came back this time and said, go get this guy a new bicycle. He needs a bicycle badly to do his work. But the thing that was so amazing to me was to see him sitting there in my office and he began to talk about that celebration and what it had meant to him as a graduate of UBI. And as tears began to roll down his face, he said, here's what really impressed me to see all of these people that came to thank UBI and Mary Lee and the Churches of Christ for all of the help that has been given to them. He said, I had no idea that all of this was being done. And he said, and then suddenly there were two of them that said, brothers and sisters. And he said, and to think that's making a difference in their life. People who are high up in their society to a degree, doctors that are now saying, you know, we have found the good shepherd. And here is a man who's out in the village trying to make a difference in his village, and he's so appreciative of the good that's being done in the name of Jesus Christ. We've also given some boxes of clothes that have been been shipped over from here to take back to his village and to pass them out in his village. Hopefully it will open doors for him as well as he preaches the gospel. And then this was at the Children's Hospital in Donetsk. And uh, as we go there, you know, I always like to talk about our grandchildren and the sweet little grandchildren that we have. And we've shown the, the picture before of our little granddaughter who weighed two and a half pounds when she was born. And this was the picture that was made when she was, came home from the hospital. And that's our son's hand in the picture as she, her head is in his hand. They saw that picture and they said, can we have a copy of that picture? We would like to hang that up in our hospital because just telling that story to others may encourage them and help them to know that there is hope. And we said, oh, yeah, we'll we'll be glad to make you that picture. And so we made that picture for them, took it back. It has her name written in Russian under it and a little bit about her when she was born. And we do hope that encourages people as they see that in the hospital. We left that one picture there. A few days later, one of the ladies that goes with us called back, uh, came back by the school, and she says, have you got another one of those pictures? I said, one of the other doctors wants one of those pictures as well. So we said, sure. We happened to make three of them the day we went and had that one made. Here's another one you can have and take to that doctor. Well, you know, it's just marvelous to see the good that is being done, the lives that are being changed. The people who were harassed without a shepherd and now then their life is far, far, far more meaningful. Look at this little clip now. And in the evenings, our students will be having some devotional times together themselves. They'll be standing around in circles and praying. And it's just a beautiful thing to see them doing this on their own. It's not something they're required to do. They're doing it because they love the Lord and they want to make a difference in people's lives. If you'll notice in that, I don't know whether you noticed it carefully, but there was someone from Calgary, and I can't remember who it was, that sent over a whole bunch of the little, uh, the little animals uh, the little beanie bag animals and such, uh, a lot of those were given out, and you could see them, those being given to some of the children in the hospital and It was very, very, very meaningful to them, and we just appreciate that kind of thing coming over there, of course we, we believe very much, Lee that you know we 've been helping a lot of people to come to know the good shepherd. We must not stop that we 've got to keep on going. There are many more that are needing him, and so we're constantly looking for and and wanting and needing and and appreciating your financial support to help support students, to help support orphans and children's hospitals, and to support the Ukrainian Bible Institute. I did want to ask a special request for prayer for something that we're dealing with right now. Uh, we, we've had for several years, people that are individuals and congregations that have given to help with the administration of Ukrainian Bible Institute, but we've never had enough givers that completely fill that void. We, uh, we, it takes us about between 4,500 and $5,000 a month to operate the school. Sunset International Bible Institute has been making up the difference of what comes in, which is about $2,500. Sunset is going through some very difficult financial times right now as well. And I received a call about a month before I left to come back over here saying, after the first year, we're not going to be able to continue to give that support. So when you're out fundraising, you need to be trying to fundraise and help get that kind of money coming in. To help maintain the school in operation, uh, we have received a check for ten thousand dollars that will help us during this next year, partially, and uh, we 're continually looking for more. This congregation is doing so much i 'm not asking anything more from you. What I am asking this is this: please be praying for us, and as we go out and we tell this story that there will be people with open hearts and open pocketbooks who will make sure that UBI does not suffer from its being able to operate as an institute. We appreciate so much those prayers. Continue to pray for Mary Lee and I. Pray for our health. Pray for the people that are being reached in Ukraine and that will be reached in Ukraine. God has many more people there that need the Good Shepherd. And I know you'll be continuing to pray for people right here in Calgary because there's lots of people right here that need the Good Shepherd. And you have the opportunity of sharing that Good Shepherd with them. Please do so. Thank you so much. May God bless you.